Welcome to Resurrection Sunday here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, we're delighted that you have come to join us today. But we've had to say, Easter without church? What's the world coming to? Well, this last week I saw a little uh, clip on a Facebook post entitled, Oh yes, we'll celebrate Easter. It reads like this. After the president's news conference was over, one of the reporters made the observation that for the first time in our nation's history, we won't be celebrating Easter. Well, let me tell you one thing. He's dead wrong. We might not celebrate East, what Easter has, come, has become in that there may be no new clothes purchased for that Sunday. We might not hide and hunt eggs in mass quantities. We may not travel home to attend church with our family in a distant place. We might not see folks at our church services that we haven't seen since Christmas. But we're going to celebrate Easter. As a matter of fact, every Sunday is Easter Sunday. Every time we assemble for worship, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pilate couldn't kill him, and the grave couldn't hold him. You think the coronavirus is going to stop Easter? More people this year will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ than at any Easter before. Easter's not merely about special programs it's not about mass crowds. It's the fact that we serve a living Savior who is still transforming lives. Easter is not only about His resurrection, but our ability to rise with Him. Easter is about the hope of tomorrow and the gift of everlasting life. Yes, indeed, we will celebrate Easter. We'll celebrate what God did for all of us on Mount Calvary and sealed that sacrifice on Easter Sunday morning when Jesus rose from the grave. How will we celebrate? By remembering Him, by loving Him, by worshiping Him, and by praising Him. Easter for us is every day. So let the celebration begin. Sing with me. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read the words. Because the post ended with, sing with me. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, I know he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Oh yes, we'll be celebrating Easter. Maybe not exactly the way we typically celebrate Easter Sunday, but we'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ all over the world today because Jesus is alive and well for each and every one of us. And so, 
Today's Easter, Resurrection Sunday. This morning, we're going to focus on why we celebrate Easter. And this evening, we're going to be considering skeptic claims. I've invited Chris Sisler to join us from Rocha, Uruguay. Chris and Erica, his wife, were at one time members of Community Baptist Church. And they are serving in Rocha, Uruguay as missionaries. And I've invited Chris to join me in our program this evening as we consider the claims that skeptics make to try to discredit the historical reality of the bodily, physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll be talking with Chris Sisler about those claims at 6 o'clock. We invite you to come back and be with us at that time. But it's time now to enjoy the choir of Community Baptist Church. Our media guys have reached way back to Easter Sunday 2017 for a choir special entitled Resurrection Medley. I know you'll enjoy our choir singing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
Oh, yes, Jesus Christ is alive and well. The tomb was empty that Sunday morning, and Jesus Christ was very much physically and bodily alive. What an exciting day that must have been. It is exciting to this day, 2,000 years later, when we go back and relive the events of Passion Week culminating in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. And uh, the tomb really was empty. Because Jesus was alive and well. Well, I want to consider with you uh, this for a few moments today why we celebrate Easter. And my mind goes back to a book of the Bible, the book of Ephesians in the second chapter, where the Bible portrays the work of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ as having the goal and purpose of bringing about a radical transformation in your life and in my life. Resurrection is a radical transformation of life. From death to life, from a corpse to a living body, resurrection is radical in the life of Jesus Christ, and it's radical in our lives today. God takes dead things and makes them live again. That is the radical work of resurrection. I read about that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The purpose of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to take we who are sinful human beings and make us a masterpiece of God's grace and mercy. Why we celebrate Easter? We celebrate Easter because it is the doorway into a radical transformation of our lives. That's what Easter means to each of us. Let me tell you a story about a lady, a, uh, a godly lady by the name of Edith Burns. Edith Burns lived in San Antonio, Texas many years ago. And uh, she was a godly Christian lady that had had a long and a fruitful life as a child of God. Uh, she had been saved earlier in life, and she had a passion for sharing the message of Easter with people that she met. Uh, she had a doctor, and the doctor's name was Will Phillips. Will Phillips was a, uh, a country gentleman of the South. He was a great doctor. He was a personable doctor. He cared about people as people. And Edith Burns was his favorite patient. Edith Burns uh, had a way of introducing herself that was unique. When she met someone new, she would say, hello, my name is Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? And she became known as uh, Edith Easter because of how often she would introduce herself by giving her name and then asking the person if they believed in Easter. Well, Edith was getting up in age, and uh, one day she visited her doctor, Will Burns, as she had so many times before. Uh, when he arrived at the office, she was already there in the waiting room. She was sitting there. She had her Bible in her lap, and she was talking to a lady explaining the story of Easter to a lady that she would met for the first time. The doctor went through the waiting room and into his, um, into his office, and he told his receptionist uh, nurse not to call Edith back yet. He said, I believe there's a delivery about ready to take place out in the, uh, in the waiting room. 
And so uh, after a little while, when Edith was finished talking to this lady about the story of Easter, uh, she came back for her appointment with her doctor. But the doctor's face had a, a look of sadness on it, and, uh, and Edith uh, Burns was very conscious of the sadness that was on his face. And so she questioned him. She said, she said, Doctor, why are you so sad today? And he said, Edith, I have bad news. The lab report came back and, and confirmed that you indeed do have a serious case of cancer and you're not going to be alive for very much longer here on this earth. And Edith looked at her doctor and she says, Why, Dr. Phillips, I am surprised at you. You have told me that it won't be long before I'll be able to go to heaven, and there in heaven I will enjoy the presence of my Savior who rose from the grave on Easter morning and transform my life. And, and you are hesitant in giving me my ticket to go. I am shocked at you, Dr. Phillips. Well, in turn... Uh, it wasn't much longer before she was admitted to the hospital, a hospital uh, nearing the time of death. And as she was there in the hospital, uh, meeting people for the first time and introducing herself, hello, my name is Edith Burns, and do you believe in Easter? And then sharing with people the Easter story. She met a nurse that she'd never met before. The nurse's name was Phyllis. Phyllis was a cold, hard nurse. She was the original G.I. Jane. She had gone through the war. She had served as a nurse in war, in combat. She had seen it all. Uh, she was a hardened woman. She had no time for Christianity and particularly no time for religious nuts like Edith Burns. And so when Edith Burns introduced herself and said, Hello, my name is Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? Phyllis was very quick to let her know she didn't believe in any of those myths. She didn't have any time for religious nuts like you. And she just went ahead and did what she was there in the room to do, give her the shot, take the reading, whatever it was, and be gone. She had no time for the foolishness of talking about the myth of Christianity. What made Edith Burns so unique was she understood the transforming power of the resurrected Christ. That Jesus was not conquered by death. He was not dead in a tomb. He was very much alive. And she had experienced that life. And it had transformed her life. And she had become one of the great um, poster children for Jesus Christ and his love and his mercy in transforming the lives of people. Easter is all about transforming the lives of people. And that's what Ephesians chapter 2 is all about. Ephesians chapter 2 tells, for, tells to us that the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is very much alive and well and available uh, in our lives today. And so I want to take just a moment to read some from Ephesians chapter 2, because Ephesians chapter 2 speaks to me about my past, about my present, and about my future. I want you to see what the Bible talks about with regards to my past. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse number 1, And you 
hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This is a, a powerful description of, of my past life. The Bible says in this passage of Scripture that I came into this world dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible describes me as being by nature a sinner. The, the uh, sin of my life was something that comes at the very origin of my life. It's my nature. Uh, I am by nature a children, one of the children of wrath, just like everybody else. You see, the Bible teaches that we come into this world broken spiritually. We're sinners by nature. And because we're sinners by nature, as soon as we have opportunity to choose, we choose to disobey God. We choose to rebel against God. We are the children of wrath. We are the children of sin by nature. And then we become the children of sin or the children of wrath by the choices we make. And we are very much separated and apart from God. Our past is described as a being dead in trespasses and sins. But not only am I a sinner by nature and by choice when I have the opportunity to sin, I'm also a sinner making choices under influence. And the influences that encourage me to sin are, first of all, Satan himself. The Bible speaks of that here, how that, that uh, I walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Satan, in his temptations, encourages me to continue a life of sin. Not only am I sinful by nature and sinful by choice, I'm a sinner because my choices that I make are choices that are influenced by and encouraged by God's arch enemy, the spirit of disobedience, the power of the air, the prince of the air, Satan himself. But there's something else in this. I'm also in, in influenced in my life by the culture around me. The Bible says here that in my time past, I walked according to the course of this world. I live my life very much influenced by the way this world goes. What I see on television, uh, what, what influences me from the education that I receive, the politicians I listen to, the entertainers I watch, the friends that I have, the community I live in, the course of this world is a course that leads away from God. And constantly Satan and the culture in which I live encourages me to make choices that are in rebellion against my creator. And so the Bible describes me as one 
who is spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. Oh, but the story doesn't end there. There is something that happened in my life that makes my present very different from my past. The Bible says in verse number 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he hath loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. The Bible says that in spite of the fact that I am a sinner by nature and choice under the influence of Satan and a world of rebellion around me, the Bible says that God loves me and God is rich in mercy toward me. God loves his creation. He doesn't want any of his creation to suffer the end result of their sinfulness. God, a God of mercy, rich in his love and mercy for us, for the great love wherewith he loved us, God came to earth. And in Jesus Christ, God bore the penalty for our sin. And the story of Passion Week, the story of Good Friday, of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, is a story of God's great love wherewith he hath loved us, in that Jesus Christ bore our sin debt to the cross of Calvary, suffered what we deserve to suffer to our Creator, that we might be forgiven. God, who is rich in mercy, hath quickened us. That's an old English word. The word quicken, it means to make something alive. To transform the corpse into a living body. To transform the dead into life. The Bible says that God does a transforming work in our lives. And my present exists today because God was not satisfied with leaving me in my past. Dead in sin. Trespass against God. But rather, God came and made it possible for me to be made alive, transformed by the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even when we were dead in sins, God hath quickened us together with Christ. Did you catch that? It's not just that Easter is about Jesus rising from the dead. It's that in His resurrection... We can be resurrected. It's because he lives that we can live. It's because God quickened him from the dead that God can then quicken us from the dead. But this is in past tense. This is not that someday I will be made alive. The Bible says even when we were dead, that's my past. I was dead in sins. My present is that I'm alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Without Christ, there can be no quickening. Without Christ, there can be no being made alive. It is by God's mercy. The verse goes on to say, by grace ye are saved. You see, no one can be saved from their sin on the basis of their own goodness and religious activity. The religious deeds of a person, the goodness that they can do to their fellow man, is insufficient to ever 
bring about the radical transformation of transforming a dead person into a living person. That can only be accomplished by the grace of God. You need to understand that religion cannot radically transform you. Religion can only give you a vain sense of that I've done a little bit better than I used to do. There are some religions, even some that go under the name of Christianity, who teach that if you'll keep all of the rules of their particular religious group, and if you'll get baptized at their religious group, and if you'll be faithful to their religious teaching, and if you do all the things that they tell you to do, that you will be able to earn your way towards the favor of God. And then if you don't quite get close enough, if you don't get over the line to being good enough to please God, that Jesus Christ will help push you over the line. My friend, such an idea is abhorrent in the eyes of a holy God. Such teaching is blasphemy to the purpose of the cross of Jesus Christ. Had I been capable of pleasing God by my religious devotion, Jesus would not have died on the cross of Calvary. Without Jesus, I am dead in trespasses and sin. With Jesus, I am quickened. I am made alive. I am radically transformed to new life in Christ. That's what this verse says. When we were dead in sins, God hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. What is grace? Grace is favor from God that we cannot earn. It's favor from God that is totally undeserved. It's favor from God that is totally unmerited by my religious devotion and activity. I can never earn my way into the favor of God. That's why a radical transformation to transform me from death to life, from spiritual death doomed to eternal destruction to everlasting life with the presence of Jesus Christ in front of me. The only way that radical transformation can take place is because Jesus Christ died for me and rose from the grave triumphant over that death so that now he can quicken me from my death and make me alive unto Jesus Christ. It's by His grace that I can be saved. What is my past? Dead in sin. What is my present? Alive in Christ. Where I also sit, I've raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now here's my future. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. 
in the ages to come in heaven. I will be an example of the grace of God. That God in his resurrection power was able to take Mike Elstock, who was dead in sin, and radically transform him into a spiritually alive child of God. And then, in my new state of being alive in Christ, I am able to live a life that's pleasing to God. And I am able to live a life of good works because of the life, the resurrection life that Jesus Christ has imparted to me. So that in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches in his, of his grace, in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So the good works don't bring me into favor with God. The good works are the result of the transforming work of Jesus Christ, lifting me out of death and imparting to me life so that I can live with him forever and live then a life that is characterized by his nature, conformed to his image, living a life of good works that are pleasing to him because of the radical transformation of my life. You know why we celebrate Easter? We celebrate Easter because Easter is the power to transform lives from hell-bound sinners to heaven-bound saints. And that transformation is available to everyone who will come and reason with God over the condition of their sinful existence and their desire to be transformed by His grace and become alive in Jesus Christ. If you've never experienced such radical transformation in your life, I want you to know that God has made it available to you. And we as a church family want to help you to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and experience the radical transformation of life that only a risen Savior can effect in your life. He died on the cross in your place, and he rose from the grave to transform you into a new creation in Christ Jesus. We would love to share more about this amazing story with you. But before I leave, let me tell you the end of the story of, of Edith Burns. Edith was towards the end of her life, and, and Phyllis, the hard nurse, came into her one day and said to her, and, and according to Phyllis' own testimony, that day she felt drawn to go see Edith that day. And she went in and he sat, she sat on the bedside um, there with Edith. And she said, Edith, you ask so many people if they believe in Easter. But you've never asked me if I believe in Easter. Edith, why have you never asked me that question? <laughs> Edith said, well, I wanted to ask you that question many times, but every time I would start to ask you the question, it would seem that God would impress upon me to not ask you that question quite yet, that you weren't ready to talk about the real meaning of Easter. 
But Edith, do you believe in Easter? Or, or Phyllis, rather, do you believe in Easter? And Phyllis looked back at Edith, and Phyllis said, I want to. And Edith got her Bible off from her stand. And Edith opened her Bible and told Phyllis the story of Easter, how that Jesus Christ had taken Phyllis's sins upon his own shoulders and died on the cross of Calvary because Phyllis had no hope of ever finding forgiveness for sin because of how sinful she was. Well, that day, Phyllis heard the story of Jesus' love for her. His death, burial, and resurrection. And that day, Phyllis bowed her head and put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Edith was happy to welcome her into the Christian family. After that, they talked about Easter and, and they laughed and enjoyed Easter. Two days before Easter, it was Good Friday, and Phyllis walked into Edith's room. And, and, and Phyllis asked Easter, says, do you know what today is? And, uh, and Edith says, well... Uh, or no, I'm sorry, let me, let me turn that back around and get this story straight. Edith, when, when uh, Phyllis came into Edith's room that Good Friday, uh, Edith asked Phyllis, said, Phyllis, do you know what today is? And Phyllis said, well, certainly it's Good Friday. And, and Edith says, oh, no, for you it's Easter. Because every day is Easter once you've been transformed by the resurrected Christ. Today is Easter for you, Phyllis. Every day is Easter. And they smiled and hugged and, and Phyllis went on her way. Well, Phyllis wasn't back to work for two days. On Sunday morning, she showed up to do her rounds. And knowing it was Easter, it would be a very special day for Edith. Phyllis went down to the floral shop and she bought an Easter lily. And she went up to, uh, to Edith's room. And she walked into the room to take... Edith, the Easter lily, and as soon as she walked into the room, she knew instantly that, that Edith had passed away and was no longer with them. And she noticed that Edith had her Bible on her lap, and she had her Bible opened up, and she had her hand on John 14, where the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will doubtless come again and receive you unto myself. And Edith, with a smile on her dead body and with her lifeless hand lying on John 14, Phyllis knew that Edith was in heaven. Phyllis set down the Easter lily. And she looked up as if she was looking into heaven. And she smiled and she said, Edith, happy Easter. Enjoy Easter today. My friend, do you enjoy Easter? Are you excited about the transforming work and power of God to transform lives? Easter's not chocolate and eggs and bunnies. We've added a lot of little childish fun stuff to Easter over the years. My friend, that's not what Easter is all about. We celebrate Easter because Easter is God's answer to a sinful life that's hopeless. And because of Easter, God transforms corpses into living beings. 
God did that for me over 50 years ago. I was a teenager on my way to hell when I bowed my knee to Jesus Christ and I said, Oh, my God, would you come into my life and would you save me from my sins? And that day, it was as if a weight of sin lifted off my shoulders and I knew God had transformed me. And I was no longer dead in my sin. I was alive in Christ. And for over 50 years, I've been celebrating a risen Savior. He lives inside of me. He's alive. And because He's alive, I'm alive. And I will be alive for all of eternity with Christ. Oh, dear friend, we want you to have such life. Won't you contact us here at Community Baptist Church? Allow us to be a help to you. Down, Joseph Bay.
thank you for joining us today for our Easter Sunday morning program. This evening at 6 o'clock, I'll be joined by Chris Sisler. He's our missionary in Rocha, Uruguay. We're going to be discussing the claims that skeptics make who deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As wonderful as the resurrection story is to we that are saved, we live in a skeptical world. And we'll be talking a little bit about skepticism and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Six o'clock this evening, you won't want to miss that. Chris Sisler will be with us from Uruguay. This past week, we put a series of eight devotions on our Facebook page, uh, church's Facebook page, that would um, help us step through the week of Jesus Christ's passion. If you missed those, they're still on the Facebook page. You can go to uh, our uh, CBC Facebook page and, and watch those special Passion Week devotions uh, anytime this week. This afternoon, right after we go offline, we have a family, uh, the Simpson family, who are welcoming us into their home. We'll sing some songs together, and we hope you can join us over on our Facebook page, and we'll join the uh, Jonathan and Ann Simpson singing some songs. They'll take some favorites, as many as they can take, so we look forward to seeing you there. I'll be there, and I hope you'll be there as well. Help us uh, reach new people. If you haven't already, take time to subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel and uh, like our Facebook page and help us to reach new people with the message of Resurrection Sunday. Thank you again for being with us. I trust you'll have a good Easter day. Thank you for joining us for part of a Sunday service at Community Baptist Church. I hope to meet you soon. May God impress His love upon your heart this week.